Governor Reynolds doesn't play well with others, and Ashton Kutcher won't save us. What a week. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. I'm Matt Sinovic, the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Lauren McAmel, the Digital Director for Progress Iowa. And I feel like we've led the show off the last several weeks with the same disclaimer that the news is basically the same. Um, we are all living in the middle of a global pandemic, um, although the president wants to defund the organization that called it a global pandemic, uh, the World Health Organization, which seems uh, dicey at best um, and just pretty dang dumb um, in reality. Um, and here in Iowa, we still have no stay-at-home or shelter-in-place order uh, from the governor, despite numbers ticking up, despite the crisis getting worse. So we are living in uh, Bill Murray's literal worst nightmare of Groundhog Day um, here. And, and, and it snowed this week. I was week. just going to say, so. <laughs> and even underline that fact, it's snowing, and it's April. How you feeling, Lauren? <laughs> Drove through a snowstorm on Sunday. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but it's, yeah, the metrics are getting, now I'm starting to sound like the governor, with the metrics and the data, but we're up to 60 Iowans who've died in the past month, which is, I mean, like, the numbers would probably break down to, like, two people dying per day, but, like, that's a lot of people, and especially from a state that is like rapidly losing population growth. We, um, and so the only public modeling that we have right now is from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, which predicts our peak in early May now. And sorry, I just got something. Um, Greg, forget that. <laughs> The only public modeling we have is from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, which predicts our peak in early May now, with 17 Iowans dying per day. Last week, it was set at April 26th, um, and now since we are not taking the actions necessary, necessary to flatten the curve, we have now moved our peak, which does, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I feel like if your peak is further away, that means things are going to get worse. Bad. Yeah, it means that we're not improving. It means we're yeah, it means we're falling behind. But don't worry because Ashton Kutcher recorded a PSA for us. Yep, the governor just released this today. We are recording on Thursday, April 16th. Ashton Kutcher did a voiceover to be clear about that, a voiceover of a PS for the PSA um, we're encouraging people to stay at home if they can um, because we don't have a any sort of a strict order in place. So um, if you can, if you feel like it, stay home. That's the that's the message. Um, he does have kind of like a loosey-goosey, like chill vibe that mm-hmm. does not necessarily lend itself to public service announcements that are like varying severity. Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to say I appreciate this effort. You know, I mean, I, I like, I, and I mean that genuinely, not sarcastically, that, 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 there should be more people speaking out like that, and the governor should be calling on people to do these kinds of advertisements, to do these kinds of 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 actions to like uh, to, to to encourage people to stay home. But this should be like the icing on the cake. You know, this should be like there should be real um, uh, policies put in place that are clear cut and and going across the state, and then these should be you know 
Ashton Kutcher or other Iowa celebrities, other Iowa elected officials that she's calling on to do these kinds of things should be like the the boost to those orders. It shouldn't just be this. And it's really frustrating to see that, especially as Lauren, as you said, like the numbers continue to tick up um, again and again and again um, with no with no end in sight. Because I feel like in a few weeks from now, if we haven't done more and we keep having these outbreaks, that peak could still be moving back instead of holding it, holding where it's at. Yeah, it doesn't help that the governor isn't exactly giving the most clear-cut information and clear-cut guidance. She keeps telling people, if you're sick, stay home, which like obviously you should do. But one of the kind of kickers of coronavirus is that you can be an asymptomatic carrier for a good chunk of time, in, at which point you could infect multiple people. And so a shelter-in-place order, which would basically take everyone out except for essential workers like nurses and grocery store workers and um, people like that um, who have to, who aren't, who can't stay home, which is terrible. But I feel like a lot of people are not taking it seriously because she keeps saying that you can gather in groups of less than 10 and only, and if you're sick, stay home, not, Hey, this thing is kind of like insidious and, you can be an asymptomatic carrier for a number of days. And if we want to flatten the curve, you should also stay home. Exactly. In addition to not having an order in place, the governor is also not playing well with others. She um, Today, we found out that she rejected an invitation from a number of, of uh, governors in the Midwest, um, Republicans and Democrats, uh, Minnesota, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, and uh, and and Michigan. Um, I think I've got them all, but there may be a couple more um, that she was invited to participate in this group discussion and and to uh, to de- help determine how we can o- reopen the Midwestern economies. And she just said no. She's not interested in doing that. And she'd said that she'd stay in touch with them or whatever. But like, but this isn't like this is. They're all going to be working together, and Iowa is going to be left out because the governor turned it down. That doesn't make any sense to me right now to not be working with with your neighboring states. No, especially when those states are having better, like have better results than we do. Like Governor Walls in uh, Minnesota has already. I don't want to say flatten the curve because we don't have all the all the data, but like he's put in place a ton of. Um, very clear-cut, bold, decisive orders, and their numbers are going down, and ours continue to go up. Yep. And I think the willingness to learn from others is a very important skill and trait to have as a governor, and that's not to say that Iowa is exactly the same as Minnesota, as Illinois, as Wisconsin, but... There are things that she could learn from maybe seeing the regional data that would help us flatten our curve. It's exactly right. And there are ways that I'm sure that we could be protected from other like if the, if we think if let's say the governor's absolutely right about everything, which I don't think is the case. But Iowa is is like somehow um, uh, less exposed to this to 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 COVID-19 um, right now than then maybe she, by participating in these discussions, could advocate for us and like and try and um, either show what we're doing right, or um, 
or make sure that that this doesn't that we don't get impacted by other states' decisions to reopen their economies sooner than she thinks should happen. So there's any number of things that could be done if she just sat at, had a she and she if, that she could that could be done um, by participating, but she was offered a seat at the table and turned it down. I'm also generally. Uh- if you're not at the table, you're on the menu, which I feel I feel like is different in this situation, but that has always been like an adage that has been told to me from various professors that and it's true. if we're not at the table, we don't get to have a say in what happens. And like you said, if something happens that could threaten Iowa, which I highly doubt that that would happen, but like and if you on the a- off chance that it does happen, I would prefer that she be at the table to learn about it. There's no way that what happens in Illinois and Minnesota and our other neighboring states doesn't impact us in some way because we're right here. I mean, for um, example, the the horse auction that happened in a few weeks ago, and it was on a count. It was in a county that borders Missouri, and there and there were people from a number of different states reportedly who attended that. And so, by Iowa remaining open for business, um, at least to that extent. We impacted Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas, uh, probably Illinois. I mean, those neighboring states where people were able to come to that event. And so so we're going to be impacted by what other states are doing. And it'd be great if the governor stepped up and participated in these meaningful discussions. But unfortunately, she's not. So we still have a petition going, um, calling on her to issue a shelter-in-place order. Um, we're working on uh, what's next as far as the advocacy piece for this goes, because the longer this the longer this crisis runs, the less meaningful a shelter-in-place order will be. Because at a certain point, it'll just be too late. I hope we're not there yet, but um, but the cat's out of the bag. I mean, people that we have wide we have this disease widespread in our communities, um, and it's really it, it, it's really it's really scary. But um, but we're 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 trying to figure out what that next what that next piece should be, um, but but in the meantime, please sign that petition and encourage the governor to to issue a strict order um, so that people will stay home uh, whether they're sick or not. Do it. <laughs> um, along that same vein, uh, we found out this week from Ryan Foley, who wrote for, who writes for the uh, Associated Press that. The Reynolds administration and the University of Iowa's School of Public Health had been in talks for data modeling, but they didn't finalize a contract until April 7th, which is, I think that was over a month after the first reported cases in Iowa, mm-hmm. which, and, and as of Monday, as of April, as of April 13th, they hadn't sent any data in to be analyzed. And... That kind of begs the question, like, what data are they using? And Kim yeah. Reynolds has talked a lot about her data and metrics, but how, and, and they talked about um, when the peak for Iowa is supposed to be, but how are you ascertaining that if you don't have the modeling? And they've they've called out the modeling that, that we referenced earlier for being flawed, um, and I mean, it was correctly flawed. They hadn't put any of the the things in place that she has recommended that uh, were not ordered, but such as closing schools. But still, like, what are they using? I and don't know. 
I feel like we're flying blind in yeah, a lot of it's... ways. Um, and if they don't trust what they've got, and so they've contracted with this new group to do it, like, what have we been basing our decisions on? That's just what you're saying. I mean, it's just it's just infuriating. Um, it's and it's and there are shifting answers on a lot of this, um, and it just does not lend itself to a lot of confidence in what they're deciding. They have started releasing data that is gets down to more granular demographic statistics, um, and it mostly shows that minority communities are going to be and are the hardest hit by COVID nineteen. Um, which I wish I could say I was surprised, but after like historic underinvestment in our communities of color and public services, it was it's really only a matter of time before this was going to happen. And it's so upsetting because this could very easily have been avoided. Yeah, it's it's people who generally still need to still are required to go to work, um, uh, who are who don't have health insurance. Um, who, and, and because like you said, because we don't, we don't invest in our communities the way we should, um, in our state and our people, the way we should, um, people who don't, yeah, who don't, don't have this, have, have the healthcare they need. And, and so, um, it, I imagine this, that, that trend is going to continue, but, but, um, but it, yeah, it's sad, but not, not entirely surprising. So we'll keep calling it out, um, wherever and whenever we can. Finally, the one group that the governor is trying to play nice with is big business um, who is still requiring, uh, many of them are requiring their people to come to work because some of these businesses are part of the supply chain or, or um, uh, providing food for people. Um, but, but we've seen a number of, of companies where, um, whether it's a meatpacking plant or an, even a nursing home where like there are uh, they're underregulated by the state, and so what we have is um, the governor wanting to trust them to um, to provide safety for their workers and protect their workers. And uh, spoiler alert: that has never worked, uh, never, no. ever, ever worked. Um, and and it's not working now. And we need the governor to step in. So I was reading an article recently about how COVID nineteen. And the pandemic might become our triangle shirtwaist factory fire moment in that it would be kind of a big wake up moment for a lot of people that brought forth a lot of action and reforms as far as like in uh, the triangle shirtwaist factory fire. It was a lot of workplace safety, um, living wage. Um, Now it would be more like hazard pay, protective, personal protective equipment, um, paid sick leave, things like that, that I really hope um, come out of this. And it's unfortunate that we didn't have them before. But yeah, generally, when you leave corporations kind of to let them run wild, they don't, they often do it at the expense of their workers. And whether that is underpaying them, not giving them sufficient uh, workplace protections, or any number of terrible things that can happen unless you mandate corporations to do something and take action, it probably won't happen, which is why this is so concerning to see the governor just be like, well, they'll just be in charge of their own mitigation efforts for their own workers. Yeah. And, and I mean, there probably are a few examples that are out there where some people are providing those. I mean, you have 
or like, and to your example, like of the, the pay, like, I mean, you see the occasional story pop up about a CEO, you know, um, uh, making everybody's salary at a, at a company like a hundred thousand dollars or like, you know, these random, uh, pieces of news about businesses doing these, these, um, wonderful things. And, and, and that I get that does happen out there, but, but when you're regulating, you need to look at the, the the lowest common denominator and try and figure out what do we need to put in place so that our people are safe, so that people have the health care they need. If they're sick, they can stay home. If they're having a if they're growing their family, they can take parental leave. They can you know do all these things that support uh, that support workers that they have the health care they need um, and 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 put that in place because. Because the majority of companies are either going to be, you know, not providing that in general unless they have to, or actively subverting whatever the rules are, and so um, to to try and add to their bottom line. And so um, uh, it's it's really important, and, and it's it, this is just I hope I I hope you're right, Lauren. I hope or I hope that this does lead to some real action and real change for some of these policies that we've fought for for so long. Um, um, and it's it's unfortunate that there are instances in Iowa right now where companies aren't putting their workers' health and safety ahead of the profits. Um, workers at the Tyson plant in Waterloo said that, quote, they were not being provided with personal protective equipment and alleged hand sanitizer stations were not being filled, um, which is concerning on multiple levels. And there is an excellent investigation going on with that from the Waterloo uh, Cedar Falls Courier that we can link to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's scary. And I can't imagine being one of the people that has to go to work and is afraid of losing their job because they're sick and they're worried that they might have to come in and infect other people just to get a paycheck. It's very scary. <laughs> it's awful. It's just awful. To keep up to date on all of these news stories, um, please sign up for the Iowa COVID-19 Daily. It's a daily email service that Progress Iowa is providing um, that includes articles to read every single day, the most recent numbers released daily from the state of Iowa, um, in addition to resources for people living through this crisis. So if you need to file for unemployment, if you're a domestic violence survivor, if you um, are needing help with your mental health, uh, there are great links and resources there, so please subscribe to that. We will put the link in in, in the uh, online uh, for this episode. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are recorded, mixed, and edited by Greg Hallenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.